swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. Welcome to Movie Mistrial. The podcast where we investigate the truthfulness of movies included in the IMDb's top 250 movies of all time. My name is Johannes. And I am Raji. Today we're discussing another film on this beautiful list. Samende's classic horror suburban movie, American Beauty. American Beauty was released on October 1st, 1999, starring Kevin Spacey, Thora Birch, and Mena Suvari. Before we start filming our neighbors, let's take the stand and answer the question, what makes you happy? I I saw a show, The Curse. I like The Curse. The Curse is fun. I like Emma Stone. She's great in it. It's basically about a couple um, trying to do an HGTV style of show. And the reason why I find this show so, so fun is because now I... Everything that happens to them, I behind the scenes, I kind of project that onto real HGTV couples and just kind of <laughs> how awful they are, and <laughs> that that's that's a lot of fun. So that brings me joy right now. How about yourself? Um, the the new there's a new show coming on Hulu um, about samurais. I watched mm-hmm. the original one, uh, the 1977 version. And they're remaking that. The trailer, you know, the trailer came out a few months ago, and it's it's bringing it's bringing me joy. Um, I'm looking forward to when the show starts um, because it was one of my favorite TV shows uh, originally. Nice. So uh, about Blackburn and going to Japan, um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be epic. The way the the movie looks, it's shot beautifully. Um, and there's something I've always liked nowadays because you know I, Fargo was very interesting this season. Oh yeah. But one of the things that the, I've I've always appreciated about the show is the camera work and how they let scenes breathe. And I feel like they're gonna give this one the ability to breathe. And I think that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to the most about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say Fargo this season has been really good, really, really good. And um, as you point out, like it. it it's great when like it's quirky and weird and but it's beautiful and it it gives the performers time to to um, react to whatever is happening mm-hmm. and that's that's really great like the beginning of that Fargo season had had strong uh, home alone vibes <laughs> but <laughs> we're past that now thank yeah. thank god even though I, I really like home alone but um yes <laughs> it's a little little too much you know, the interesting thing about, you know, um, the Fargo season, because the last season was quite bad, whoever yep. decided to make um, Chris Rock the main character in that show uh, deserves, uh, I don't know what they deserve, but, you know, it's all good. Um, but it's almost like a uh, return to form with this one. Um and you know it's gonna be interesting when Shogun starts again uh, in the middle of February. I'm I'm really looking forward to Shogun. It's the 1975 version got me so intrigued that I read the book, and then uh, after I finished I finished reading the book, I I felt empty. Um, but now they're bringing another recreation of the book into this. Uh, I'm. It's bringing me joy, so yeah, that's 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 what I've, uh, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to, yeah, 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 great. 
I'm I'm also trying to mask my sadness and despair with by filling it up with movies um, and exclaiming how beautiful America is, American beauty. Uh, I'm trying to bring it back to the movie. Look at you. Look at you. So good. Uh, So yeah, American Beauty. Let's hear a synopsis. American Beauty is a 1999 drama film directed by Sam Mendes. The movie explores the existential crisis of Lester Burnham, played by Kevin Spacey, a suburban father who undergoes a radical transformation after becoming infatuated with his daughter's friend, Angela. As Lester reevaluates his life, the film delves into themes of suburban disillusionment, societal expectations, and the pursuit of true happiness. The narrative weaves together the lives of various characters, revealing the facade of normalcy and the hidden struggles beneath the surface. Through its dark humor and poignant moments, American Beauty serves as a biting critique of social norms and the mediation on the search for meaning in a seemingly ordinary existence. Uh, you said beautiful and, uh, you know, d- d- distracting from the sad things. Uh, this is a pretty sad movie. <laughs> yeah, everything about this movie is uh, despairing and sad. The limitations yeah. of capitalism and the joys of pedophilia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think watching this movie... Without the, with, with the context of what has happened since the film, gives this movie a totally different feel. But you know, people would be surprised by my take on this. I hope. Okay. Um, yeah. But the, yeah, there, the, there's a very interesting meta conversation we can have in the sidebar. I think about this, mm-hmm. but um, before we get to the sidebar, let's figure out who's arguing for and against. It's gonna All be right. heads or tails. I'll go with uh, Heads, my 2023 favorite. <laughs> Let's not use Tails. <laughs> uh, heads. Okay, look at me. 100%. Um, what do I want to do for this film? I think the easier route is to argue against this film. Um, I think I'll argue for this film. I think what I dis- what I did with the Batman film I still feel a little bit bad, um, but you know what? I'm going to argue for this film. All right. For this film, it is. So let me dive into the negatives. And the witness will address this court as judge or your honor. American Beauty. At the core, we have a film about suburbia and kind of the, the staleness and the boringness of it. And uh, the staleness and boringness of a marriage where one partner has uh, taken over control and is very overbearing and uh, kind of all the excitement and, and luster of, of uh, a partnership and marriage uh, are gone. And you kind of resort to just kind of getting by, living your life and being uh, clinically unhappy with with the world and yourself and everybody around you um but that gets that gets uh, all pushed upside down and you you can make an argument that you know that is kind of love in the form of a, a teenager a very young teenager um we have a, a husband that falls in love with the, the friend of his daughter 
and um, that changes his outlook in life and kind of reinvigorates himself. And I think, I mean, the obvious problem is is the age difference, right? And I, I think that is kind of the the biggest pain point of this film, where I think that uh, that is used as a shock point, and it's not a controversial point that we need to tell a story like this. We don't need her to be this young to to be able to to tell a story with basically the same beats. Um, it could have been, uh, you know, whatever, a co-worker, a neighbor, whatever. We could still have very similar story points uh, play out with a neighbor and uh, with his daughter. Um, could have been a tutor of his daughter who's older, right? So, so it's like the, the main problem of this is that what is used as kind of shock value uh, is so unnecessary because you could have told the same story with somebody in the same in in a in an agreeable age range, and yeah, I think that that is a, a really big problem of this film. It's also very granted; it's from nineteen ninety nine, right? But uh, the the way we uh, have kind of homophobia displayed in this and how frustrating that is and and kind of closeted homophobia too um or a homophobia of a, of a closeted man is really frustrating to watch because it's it feels so try hard in a way and it's like you know uh all, all, all this gay stuff is affecting the neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. All while you you are basically part of that group, but you cannot accept it yourself. Um, I know this is a reality for a lot of people, and I know it sucks. Uh, but I think in this film, it's, it's not done in a good way. So, so my problem with this film, are, I'm mainly around the age range. Um, I think that's that's just uh, yucky for no reason, um, and I mean it's it's just very cliche suburbia too, right? It's like or it's it's not suburbia really because it's not like the ideal form of suburbia, but it's just the cliche woes of depressing suburban living, and um, but again, it's cliche, so it's just kind of a meandering movie um, that that could have something good going for it but we had to kind of um, kind of tarnish the batch with with an unnecessary age gap yeah I can I know I can see a point you know I've already alluded to that because that's the most disturbing part of this film I don't know if it's I, don't, I think it's definitely a shock value could have changed the whole movie, move her to the first year in college, and that whole thing becomes a little less of a problem. But watching all of that was quite interesting. Uh, disturbing. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to talk about the good parts of this film. 
Kevin Spacey gave uh, an incredible performance playing a closeted straight man. <laughs> That's a good joke. Um, <laughs> um, He's but yeah, the movie was quite... Uh, the movie was very good. Kevin Spacey, one of the things you can't say about him is that he's not a good actor. He is a phenomenal actor. Irrespective of all the foibles that he possesses, he carries every scene that he's in. He does. He shows emotional range. He shows that he can play um, the depressed husband, slowly transforming into aggressive um, person who is looking for something to fill his capitalistic needs, um, to fill the blood pumping through his veins. Um, I think that he gives a very good performance in this film. Um, Kevin Spacey does. Um, I also feel like this whole movie revolves around Kevin Spacey. I will say that his wife um, had some really powerful scenes too, to be fair. You know, the scene where she's setting up the house for the first time and she doesn't want it to fail, the effect she has on the failure... Um, one of the overriding themes in this whole film is that despite the appearances, everybody seems unfulfilled. Um, and I think the director does a good job of making you understand that even the king of selling houses uh, feels unfulfilled um, and he needs somebody in his bed to plow and make himself feel like royalty um the analogies are quite persistent to what you would expect in the real world um and you know comparing the scene to where kevin spacey stands up from the couch after he spills oil on it and says but this is just the couch what happened to the woman who used to do this in college or do that in college um it just shows that they've but things to try to fill up whole, the hole in their life, which they've tried to become happy around. And he shows his frustrations uh, by trying to um, get rid of all of his achievements, quit his job, get as little responsibility as possible, um, and try to live his dream, um, try to reconnect with his youth. So basically, this movie was about somebody who was going through a midlife crisis um, and um, how the whole of America is unhappy about something. You know, the kid is unhappy about her look. She's been saving for augmentation. The, the neighbor boy is unhappy about the family he's growing up with um, because he feels like you know, he's trapped there between a father who hates him, him, hates him and hates himself. The father who hates him and hates himself is unhappy because he has gay fantasies and he can't come to terms with the fact that he's gay. So he lashes out at all times. The wife of the fully soldier, the soldier is, has given up on life, going through a mental, you know, she's mentally unfit in some senses or we she's portrayed as mentally unfit and unable to grasp the reality around her um 
so basically everybody's unhappy. Even the person who talks a lot, the the best friend of the daughter who tries to brag about how much she's having sex everywhere is unhappy because she doesn't want to be ordinary and she feels like she needs the world to continue to justify the fact that she's not ordinary. So this movie is a film that glorifies unhappiness in its highest um, acclaim. Um, And the moment somebody finds happiness, a bullet goes through his head. So, you know, this movie is an interesting take on the American dream. Um, and I can see how the name American beauty works. Outside of the age, age, age scenario, I think that this movie would have been perfect, but that, that stuff just stands out. It's, it's just like, like right in your face. So, yeah. And uh, I think the bigger problem with the age, with the age thing is, is that, it lures the viewer in, potentially. I could see. You mm-hmm. know, I'm not straight, so I don't. I I don't have that feelings. But I could see how, you know, male viewership of this film kind of agrees with the Kevin Spacey character of like, oh yeah, she's she's hot, like you know, and and that's what makes this even more problematic, right? Where it's like, you know, on one hand you have this this like very problematic kind of dad likes wants to bang the the child's uh, best friend Mm -hmm. but then you also kind of create this audience that is like oh yeah totally because she's hot right and and Uh, kind of uh, also creating like this these weird just kind of like why why are we fostering why are we planting the seeds (laughs) that's problematic (laughs) Absolutely agree with you on that. As a straightish man, it was they used a lot of those imageries uh, to kind of lure you into justifying your interest in this. Uh, and just when you are uh, disgusted by the whole scenario, she's taking off her clothes in front of the window, and you're like, okay, weird. And, you know, she's dancing alluringly and taking off her jacket and roses are flying out. Okay. It, 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 I mean, it's it's quite disturbing how much it's in your face. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, you, yeah, you said that, um, you know, this is kind of a, uh, was a depiction of um, kind of the depressive state of people in the U.S. and kind of... Um, I, I would agree with this, and I would. I, you brought up that the Annette Bening character, Kevin Spacey's wife, um, the the worst realtor in <laughs> in suburbia here, apparently. Um, that her scene when she sets up the house, the open house, uh, is so good. I completely disagree because it just shows why she's so bad at it. Um, because she's she's all about appearance, right? She's all about trying to. To schmooze up, but trying to have it easy. Um, like she's cleaning the house and she's you know setting it up the day of the, the open house. Something you would probably not do if you're if you know what you're doing. Like you would get the house ready way beforehand. Probably put a coat of paint on it. Like if if you can, you know, just gonna do basic, like the the 
a, a little like clean the car before you sell the car kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she she does that like right before the open house. I that just seems like she's she's not good at managing time mm. life, and I think we've seen we we see this over the film in general too. So she's not very good at just and like anything and like managing the family. She's so controlling, but she she also is not good at anything. So it's it's a sweet like you. I guess you can make an argument for somebody who is who's very controlling like they need to be good at something and to justify like being able to control people other people but she's not any of this right she's not she's not really that good so um i think the problem is you you have a film too with just very unlikable characters like i think the one that is strangely likable is kevin spacey <laughs> because it's it, it is the character you're supposed to sympathize with you're supposed to to see his surroundings and the depressing life that he lives and root for him because he is going against the grain and breaking out of that monotony. You know, he is able to to con his boss into giving him a year's salary. Uh, he, you know, he's able to just take a fast food job and, uh, you know, don't care about it. Like a lot of things that I think a lot of Americans aspire to, not necessarily the fast food job, but just the, the doing something just because... You know, I, I enjoy doing it because I don't have to give a damn, right? Like mm. that that whole mindset. You're, you're supposed to root for this guy. And, um, you know, at the end, you're like, okay, he's informed. He's happy. That's great. Like that is something we all aspire. And then it it, it drags you down again uh, through miscommunication and misinterpretation and like this, this kind of closeted... Um, person which is it's just kind of depressing so so i guess the the issue i have is that while it might be a compelling film that kind of nicely depicts kind of the the midlife crisis experience and the um kind of the struggle that lots of americans are kind of under with balancing being very unhappy in their current situation but still kind of keeping it up for reasons um i don't necessarily think um it's it's that compelling of a movie to kind of witness other people struggle like that um like i like i said i i'd be happy to root for this guy if if he was kind of engaged with 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 a relationship or like potential relationship that is not as yucky um but you know, they they chose to do it, which is really unfortunate. You know, the interesting thing about this is I I, I mean, I've already talked about the disturbing part of the film. I I, I think that the movie still holds up. I I I don't want like I said, Kevin Spacey did a great job in the film, but a lot of people did a great job. I think one of the things that we shouldn't fall into the trap of is fall into the trap that Kevin Spacey made for his wife. Um, you know, he said that she was boring. She said that she was controlling. She was, but I also think that those are tropes that he uses. And I think this movie is filled with cliches mm-hmm. like that. A lot of the characters are tropians. You know, the gay couple who are nosy, who wants to jog all the time, the neighbor who hates himself because he's gay. All of them are tropes. The young teenager who. He's always looking for attention. 
who thinks and uh, you know who thinks she's worse off than she really is um you know they're all tropes and i think that the idea that the wife was a villain in this movie i think it's a trope and i think that it was reinforced in the scene where kevin spacey calls her out and says all sorts of negative things about her i don't actually think she's as controlling as it seems i think she's just like everybody who is trying to make do in the world that they live in you have a daughter who hates herself and a husband who hates himself and you have to sit down behind, around that negative energy all every night you need a form of release and shooting guns is a good way to get that release out you know so if you think a pro gun that's the advertisement uh, <laughs> um but yeah i don't i don't think that we should take any character's view of another character in this film as fact, because one of the things that you will say for sure is that if you are in a bad place, you never look at somebody and say, Hey, I want to elevate you. It's usually easier to just try to bring you down. And I think that that was one of the things that Kevin Spacey was doing. So um, I think that she was not a villain in any way. Um, and I think that, you know, Kevin Spacey was quite unfair to her. I'm not sure. I think it's just kind of a dysfunctional marriage at that point, right? Like they don't, they clearly don't have any kind of passion for each other. They clearly don't have, um, you know, anything that that makes it worthwhile living together. But I think that's that's a story that that happens all all the time, right? Like this yep. is not this is not necessarily a compelling thing, right? But um, I think that's the beauty of the film. It's, it, it takes what people generally don't like to talk about and it exposes it and calls it the American beauty, the American beauty. Uh, this is the beauty of being in America. Um, it's all about appearances, never never internals, because the, the moment you dig deeper, you find that it's never as good as we see. I mean, it's kind of relevant given how, all the stories we've heard about Instagram models, people who always portray their life to be happier than it really is, only for them to come out, say they're depressed and all of those stuff. And you go in the picture going, wow, I thought you lived a wonderful life, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah, you said she's not the villain. Um, I never took her as a villain. I think... Like everybody in this movie, everybody is just super depressed and kind of trying to figure out a way out, right? Like the way she she practically throws herself at the the real estate king at that party yeah. is is kind of gross, right? Because it's like it's so obvious. It makes you wonder if he he probably sees right through it because he he just dumps her right away too at the sign of a issue, right? Um, was it was it more or less obvious than what the dad did to the friend? Oh, I mean, similar, right? Like, like he was. So it's two two sides of. I think his was worse. It's two sides of the same coin. They're unattracted to each other, and they're finding place ways to uh, expose themselves. Uh, exp- uh, should I say? Uh, for them to get some sort of satisfaction. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Um, but I think his was more egregious because, yeah, go on. Well, no, well, because he's not as good at, at kind of masking, right? 
Like she's mm. good at at uh, at least kind of playing it up, kind of socially, right, and then masking. Mm. But she was still like very obviously like desperate to throw herself at him, um, and he was open to it. Like he had. And he's probably somebody who goes through life just having, you know, whatever, whoever throws at him because he's the king of real estate. It has, has many people that want to benefit from, from him in that sense and learn from him. <clears throat> so, so, you know, what, what do we learn from this is kind of my question then. And it's, um, it's a good question. It's just like, you know, be opportunistic and, be yourself get therapy quick and early <laughs> you know break yeah. relationships uh, uh break up relationships if, if they don't work and don't just stay together probably all of the above but i feel like those are not unique kind of learning points that we get from this right and again it's it's all with with the shock value thing kind of at the core that is so unnecessary because you can explore all these things in a in a movie that is compelling. You don't have to have this be this yucky under like underage thing. Yeah. So that's my my thoughts on this. Um I would like to go to sidebar. Overruled! Sidebar! Guilty! Speculation! Hearsay! Bailiff! Briefcase! Disregard! In my chamber! Stop Beaver on the witness! Arrest! We could totally be lawyers. Sidebar, sidebar, <laughs> sidebar. All right, I think that one of the things that I will say about the movie is the fact that the characters are all one note. The only character that changes at all in this movie is... Uh, the only two characters that change in this film, Kevin Spacey and his wife. Uh, but Kevin Spacey has a lot more prominence on screen. Um, but every single character is just a cliche. The father is a cliche. The weird neighbor boy is just a cliche. Nothing changed about him. He was still weird at the end. The daughter... Hating herself, cliche. The girl who hates, uh, who loves the attention, cliche. The bad boss in the office, cliche. So it's just like, all right, everything is a cliche. All this whole movie relies on Kevin Spacey, basically, because he um, fundamentally has the most to do in this film. And the second person that you can rely on is the wife. Um, and she had less to do in this film. But we could see her prominent change, how she chose happiness and how she got her satisfaction, how shooting the guns helped her feel better about life. At least she could control something. Um, and the same thing with Kevin Spacey. Decided to quit the job, blackmailing the manager um, to give him a one-year fee, going for something with less um, less responsibilities, and, you know, uh, masturbating in bed. One of the things that I will say is that dialogue is very weird. And it's also very regressive. You know, the wife wakes up and sees him masturbating and she says, what a disgusting thing to do. You are so bad. And you think that this is, what, like 1999? Uh, and it makes sense. This movie's old, right? So those old sensibilities kind of permeate this film. I'm not entirely sure that that kind of scene would be written today with that same dialogue, um, unless it's a fundamentally Christian film or a fundamentally religious film. 
Um, but I don't, I think that society has moved on from a lot of this. Um, and I think that if the characters were a little bit more rounded, this could have been even more of a better film. But otherwise, I think it's good. It's yeah. better than Batman. Batman <laughs> for sure. Um, so I really like this film. Um, but mainly because of uh, Kevin Spacey's performance. I think he's great. I think the his line delivery is so good. The sarcasm is so good you know it's 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 kind of playing with 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 your fantasy of you know oh you know i i could be on a power trip and you know just screw over work and you know be like haha you know i played you uh you know it's kind of playing with that kind of you know fantasy yeah. you have as a worker sometimes and it's like i would like Absolutely. to be so witty and big and and just you know i would <clears throat> I want to to get the things that I want without, um, you know, having them run by by mom first in a way, right? Because his wife is kind of kind of the mom is like, "What is this car? Well, it's this car. I always wanted it. Now I have it. Deal with it, right?" Like this whole like mm. inherent like limitation that you put on yourself. I think a lot of people can sympathize with that. Um, and he he is really selling that, and also the. I think what what also everybody can sympathize with H taken out of it, but but just having this feeling of awe of somebody and just kind of trying to to get into their sphere and trying mm-hmm. to be closer to them because you're just infatuated with that person, right? And you're just kind of like that person is interesting. Now the the. You said like there's no unlikable, uh, there's no likable characters. I think, or I did, <laughs> one of us did. Um, like everybody is faking it in this movie, right? And I think the, the 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 at the end of the day, the moral of the story is he stops faking it at some point, and he doesn't give a give a damn anymore. He just say, tells it how it is. Right? That's his character arc. He he breaks yeah. out of that that whole. Um, fake persona he's just himself at some point just kind of talking about whatever and that is that is refreshing but you have uh characters like the like the um his love interest basically his daughter's friend who very early on i i uh, picked up on her lying a lot because you could you could tell that whenever there's one moment where they're in the schoolyard and you know, Kevin Spacey's daughter challenges her and, and it calls her out and it's like, that doesn't make any sense. And then what she does very quickly is is she accuses her, she switches topic and accuses uh, Spacey's daughter of, oh, you're totally in love with your neighbor. You totally love yeah. him, right? So she's, okay. at, at that moment, it's like, she's so full of crap, right? Because it's it's so obvious that like all the experience in the world that she had with all the guys and everybody oogles her, is is the persona that she th- thinks she needs to perform because of the way she looks, right? And mm-hmm. then if she thinks that's the that's her in to make it uh, and to be successful, um, because the looks is what she has going for her, right? And and then the the big reveal at the end, you know, she's she's never she's a virgin, um didn't hit me as hard as I think if you hadn't caught up on that. Um, 
and kind of interesting choice of of the the spacey character too then to retract and go back and be like okay that's a line <laughs> you know uh, like i'm happy and this is kind of cool i i basically achieved what i wanted to achieve over the last year um but i'm not gonna go over i'm not gonna cross that line um which is an interesting moral question there um it's like why what is it you know why why is that a line for you after everything you've done <laughs> why is yeah. why is that the line you you're not there to cross but um but yeah i mean that, cliches is kind of the thing that you said the the thing i didn't get is just kind of the but maybe you know people in the 90s were weirder it's the neighbor that films everything and very creepily so like how how is that okay how was that ever okay Mm. And um, yeah, that that just felt very unnatural. Like a lot of this feels natural, but he never felt like a real character for me. I agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, like I said, he felt like a cliche. Yeah, um, I, I you wanted a weird character. And you got a weird character in him, and then he just overplayed the weird characterness. So he felt like a cliche. Um, it didn't take away from the moral. I also he also looked much older than everybody else in the film. Yeah. <laughs> so I, was, I kept going, "Why is this old man in high school?" <laughs> well, I mean that's a um, common common thing in American movies, though, right? Where like twenty yeah. five year olds play school kids. Yeah. Anyway, I, 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 like I said, I, I really like the film. Um, it's a very interesting um, take on American culture and the level of keeping up appearances that we have to do to make it seem like we're happy. It hasn't changed, but at least if you watch this movie, you kind of get a, an idea of why it happens. But, you know. It was a good film, and uh, like I said from the very beginning, you cannot extricate the fact that Kevin Spacey did an amazing job in this film. He's he carried the film for the most part, and he was able to tell a story that, um, while disturbing, is very resonates very well with American culture. Yeah, yeah, um, he's he's great at it, and. I think that's that's kind of the depressing thing. Like he's a great actor, but why? Why did he have to be? You know, what he turned out to be as a as a person. It's kind of kind of frustrating. Um, but um, yeah, I really like this film, and and like the I mean the whole homophobia thing and the the gay the gay side of this is is interesting because it almost feels like a time capsule i don't think at least not to to this degree you can tell the story in today's time maybe again because it's now bubbling back up right the that kind of latent homophobia and christian values but i think uh the the um kind of closeted thing probably is, is rarer and rarer these days, I would hope. Mm. I don't know. I don't have any any data. It's just kind of a gut feeling. 
because we as society have been more accepting and open um kind of as a whole there's this subset that is not but you know like a in representation has been so much more visible than a, and and so much less stigmatized that i think people are not as closeted i would hope to go to these mm. extremes i don't know but um I mean, it is it is interesting that that is the ultimate demise of of um, Lester, right? Like um, a misinterpretation of uh, of his neighbor's part, and and also very tragic in a way, right? Like as as a gay person, it is kind of tragic to see somebody who is obviously suffering and is not able to accept go to these like like having this moment of feeling safe them being pushed back and then feeling like the only way out of this situation is this thing is killing this mm -hmm. person because I cannot fathom a world where people know that I'm gay. Right. So that's that made this film more compelling to me in a way because it's 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 like going through these emotions in this one scene and it's uh heartbreaking it's it's just heartbreaking because i understand the the fear that you have taking that step of kind of taking that step out of the closet because it's always kind of a leap of of faith so to speak you know, hoping yeah. you are not being rejected for for that. And, you know, you feel like, okay, this person has confirmed they're kind of in, in the same, so it's safe enough for me to do this. But then it turns out that was all a misunderstanding. It's heartbreaking, you know. But that person is still a complex and, and kind of annoying and, and, you know, bad character and person. So mm. it's it's interesting to be able to to relate in a way, but then completely not relate <laughs> to that person, right? And and that's what what makes this film so good for me. All right, mm -hmm. it's quite a it was a quite a good discussion. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, I think there is a modern film that just released on Netflix um, May, December that um, is an interesting take on some of this as well. So uh, I would recommend watching that, I think. If, if what like is it called? May, December, I believe. Oh, May, December. That's the name of the film. I thought you meant it released May, December. Okay. No. I'll check it out. Yeah. I spent I spent uh I spent uh Christmas watching the uh what do you call it the blue eyed samurai film T V show. I don't even, I don't know if you heard about it. That's another good one on Netflix. Okay. Uh, all right. Cool. All, all right. right. Um, Put this on my list. Excellent. Next on the list. It's a big question. Doctor Strange Love or how I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. I have that movie. I've tried watching it a million times. <laughs> I never go past 45 minutes. Oh, wow. It's too much for me. 
Okay. Uh, I have to finish watching it. Yeah, I I've never watched it, so the, <laughs> you know, this gives me the uh, perfect opportunity to do so. But yep, it's cool. quite irreverent. All right. Well, uh, until then, though, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, or known as X, on at Movie Mistrial. You can send us an email at contact at moviemistrial.com. Cheers. Cool. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Uh, have a good one. Have a good one. Take care.